Glory is a very interesting word, and theologically speaking, it can be a very challenging word. It's not always easy to get our heads around. Right? If, if right now, if you think, yeah, what does glory mean? How would I define it? And I think part of that is because in Scripture, there's so many different levels of meaning to the word. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to give like two minutes of boring background word type, history type stuff. And, and I think that will help us get a working definition for, as it's used in our text this morning, glory. He thus revealed his glory. So in the Greek, the word is doxa. And this is based on an ancient verb, decao, right? that originally meant to have an opinion. All right? Now this idea has been preserved in our words, orthodox, which is a correct opinion. Heterodox, a different opinion. Or paradox, a conflicting opinion. Okay? Then the word doxa, or glory, developed a slightly more narrow definition, and it became a good opinion. A good opinion. Then over time, it changed to the concept of that which merits a good opinion. Alright, you see how words are always shifting and changing. Alright, so that which merits a good opinion. So, if there is an object worthy of good opinion, then it deserves praise, honor, etc. In the case of a king or a divine being, it would deserve ultimate praise, which is what the psalmist gets at in, in, in Psalm 24. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, and he deserves <coughs> worship and praise and honor, etc. So, glory in Scripture ultimately links to the attributes of God. He is perfect in all ways, therefore truly glorious. Paul was praying this morning about a number of attributes of God. And this is what the word orthodox more fully means. It is not simply the correct opinion, it is the correct opinion about God's attributes. Okay? So, Keep that in the back of your mind. Let's look at what Jesus said in John chapter 17. He said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now that we have that background of glory, now this sentence makes more sense. I have revealed the correct attributes, the essential characteristics of God the Father by completing the work you gave me to do. All right? Makes more sense? Good. And this is how the word can best be understood in our text this morning. He thus revealed his glory. He revealed God. He revealed the correct character of God by turning water into wine at the wedding at King. Now, we've been in this story for three weeks now. This is our fourth week. In week one, we considered the differences of time. Kronos time, which we called our time, and Kairos, which we called God's time. And we saw God's humility because he thought of others ahead of himself. Jesus was on his time, but he went to God's time because he was thinking of others instead of himself. In week two, we explored why Jesus did that. Why did Jesus go from his time to God's time? And we saw because of love. Unconditional, self-sacrificing love is why he went to God's time. And last week, we examined the water being turned into wine. The water, man's laws, that could not save him. Wine, God's blood, that does save us. And we saw grace. God's amazing grace. 
And these are all attributes of God. These are all the th glory that Jesus is revealing about God in this miracle that he is doing at the wedding at Cana. So this morning, I want us to take a look at another piece of glory, another essential characteristic of God that's revealed in this story. It's a piece that I think may get overlooked quite a bit. I overlook it all the time in my life. But I'm pretty sure if we bring it back into focus, and we try to keep it there in our lives, our daily lives, I think it may be a vital part of experiencing the freedom that Jesus says he offers. The freedom to live fully in a world that is full of madness and want. Right? And perhaps this Thanksgiving season is a perfect time to look at this attribute. All right. So first of all, I, I need a volunteer. Linda, excellent. Thank you for raising your hand. Come on. Okay, Lynn, right here. You're the first volunteer. There's more coming. Forgot those interesting days. Had it. Had it this is for you. This is for me. Thank you very much. Awesome. Great. Wait, hold on. It's really good. But you take it to your seat because I can hear. Facebook already. That pastor drink one. <laughs> Alright, I need another. Kevin, unfortunately, Kev, the, the biggest part of, of your job, I totally forgot. I, I totally forgot to pick up. I should have picked up last night, but that's alright. We'll pretend. Okay, Kev, right here at the table. Oh, I'm so mad at myself for forgetting this one part. Of it. But that's alright. Kev's a good pretender. Okay, Kev. I forgot Pretender's grapes in there. <laughs> so mad I forgot the grapes. I need a glass of wine, Kev. I know I'm mad. I am so mad I forgot the grapes. I was even going to get a big bucket so you could take your shoes off. And oh, I'm so angry. Great job, Kev. I knew you would do it. And maybe if you just, yeah, oh, look, you're awesome. <laughs> and now, excellent. And I need to wait, I understand, but great job. Thank you. You're good to go. Awesome. Great class. Okay, let's see. I need another This time I need a volunteer. Anybody? It never works. Never works, does it? Jenny. All right, Jenny, same location. Can I just pretend? 
described. I'll get the grape seeds for you. I need a glass of wine. You didn't. Jenny's ahead of me. Awesome. Now I need to wait. Great job, Jen. Thank you so much. So now I'm going to have to wait a long time for this glass of wine. All right, Tito, I need you now. It's got nothing to do with grace. <laughs> All right, Tito, you're right there, please. I'm going to create the earth. All right, my man. I need a glass of wine. All right, awesome. <laughs> 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 no, Linda, you can't help him out. <laughs> Not a chance, right? Not a chance. Excellent. Thank you, friend. Good, 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 good. <clears throat> All right, so a little fun illustration, but I think... One of the attributes that God is revealing in this miracle at Canaan is the fact that he is the creator. He is the giver of everything we have. Everything that we need. And I think while we know that somewhere deep inside, do, do we really live in that knowledge? Do we really live in that knowledge? Or do we live in a way instead that suggests we think we ourselves are ultimately responsible for everything we have. Now, I understand how easy it is to live unaware of the very real and immediate role God plays in our lives. It's easy to live like that. I get it. We have discovered so much about the mechanics of life, haven't we? The mysteries of the universe. I mean, we landed on a meteor this week. Are you kidding? I still think it happened in the studio, but that's okay. I don't think we ever land on the movie. No, I'm just kidding. My conspiracists. Oh my God. You see it now. That was a joke. Not a podcast. Not a podcast. Just like it was my birthday this week. No, it wasn't. It was not my birthday this week. Rich does things like that. We know the mysteries of the universe, so many of them. We know how to make things. And it's natural to think man and nature are the givers. Consider the wine, right? We know the vineyard keeper plants the seeds. He nourishes the vines, waters them as their young cultivates them. Then we observe that the climate, the sun, the nutrients in the earth, the rain, the vine's own genetic makeup make the grapes. Then we know the winemaker picks the proper grapes, prepares them just so, ages them properly in the correct barrels, and produces the fine wine. Then we work our jobs to make our money so we can go to the store to buy the wine. And we put it in our wine cellars and take it out again and open it to have with meals we prepared of food we bought from stores we built. We can be a lot like the groom in our story, can't we? Did, did you ever check this out? Oh, God's the creator. That was a good picture. I missed it. The, the, the groom. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. And then the story just goes on. There's no indication that the groom even thought about, well, where did this come from? No indication he went to thank the person that brought it. He probably just grabbed another glass of wine to see what 
the head waiter was talking about and then made his way back to his breath. I'm like this so much. So Sir, I, 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 I say my general thanks. I'm very careful when, when we do have family dinners to lead the family in prayer before meals. And, and, and I can honestly say that with much sincerity, when I see something spectacular in nature, like waking up Friday morning in, in Rutland, it was just a winter wonderland. It was so amazing. And I am quick to thank God with sincerity at that. But that's pretty much the extent of my conscious awareness that He is the giver. He is the wine. <coughs> and that is what this miracle makes so clear. He turns water into wine. In, in so doing, He is basically saying to us, I make the wine. I have always made the wine. The vines, the sun, the rain, the vineyard owner's knowledge, the grapes, the laborers are all simply tools I use in your world, but I do not need them. Here, take a drink of this wine, he says. That used to be water. And taste my glory. Know my glory. I can make wine without vines, without sun, without rain, without grapes. Because I walked through your world when yet it was without form, and from my very footsteps, the flowers of the field, the fruit of the vine, the creatures of the earth all sprang to life. They listened to me then, and they listened to me now. I am the giver. It's a beautiful miracle. Spectacular miracle. And he revealed his glory. I think we should acknowledge that glory especially those of us who call ourselves Christian, we should acknowledge that He is the Creator. I think it makes sense to move into a constant awareness that everything we have is a gift. That opening quote by Henry Nouwen this morning was so powerful. We often think to be thankful when we're given a gift, but he understands Thanksgiving as a way of life. I think it is in that awareness that we will live free. Because to be aware of gifts is to be thankful. And if we understand everything is a gift, we can be very thankful. And a thankful life is a free life. Paul said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And as Christians, we believe God's will is freedom, I think. So we should move into it. Okay, you should have a piece of paper that was on your chair. And if you don't have one, there's extras. And if you don't have a pen or a pencil, I have bags of pens and pencils. Okay? Thanks, Mark. There's more, Rich. Whatever you want to do. There's just a little bit more. Oh. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to play that great hymn, Morning Has Broken, which has that line in it about things being created in his footsteps as he walked in the first garden. And while that is playing, I want you to write, what are you thankful for in your life? But as you're writing it, be cognizant, be aware that it comes from God. 
everything we have is given. It's a gift. So let's write down what we're thankful for today as a song place. And then hold your papers and I'll tell you what we'll do with them after. No one's going to read them and I hope everyone will participate. No one's going to read what you write. Practice thanksgiving for everything we have. Everything.
just bring your papers with you, take communion, and then as you leave communion, go over to the cross and just leave them at the cross and be thankful. Be thankful. Practice thanksgiving for those things. Now, there is one more powerful and beautiful element to living thankful lives, living Eucharistic lives, Henry Nouwen calls them. And it's powerful and it's beautiful because Eucharistic life, a life of disciplined thanksgiving, allows us to move more authentically into lives of loving others. Or, as St. Paul put it, lives that pursue love by seeking not our own good, but the good of others. Something we've been studying here at Cana for six years. You see, here's what happens. When we live with a conscious or unconscious belief that we are ultimately responsible and that what we have is the work of our own hands, it can lead us into a mindset of shallow conceit. A life in which we hold on dearly to our possessions because we imagine they are ours and ours alone to do whatever we want with them. Because they're mine. I worked for them. But when we live constantly thankful, when we believe, really believe, it all comes from God as gifts of grace. Then we're free to pass them off. We move into a place of higher awareness where we recognize that all we have is given us to share with the world around us. And so instead of living lives of desperate holding on, that are all about the self. And you know, it's no secret that, that there's the fall of humanity in a nutshell. It's mine, it's not yours. Just read the news. Just read Facebook. Take five minutes in American politics, and all it is is the fall of humanity. Mine. I'm not sharing with you. As Christians, that should have nothing to do with our worldview. Nothing. We were given everything. God died for us to welcome us into his kingdom. I was preparing for this week and I was doing mental checklists of my life. Boy, am I a selfish bastard.
I would challenge all of you. Go deep into why you hold the opinions and views you do. And I can guarantee you, if you are at all honest with yourself, it's because you too are selfish like me. It is the hangover of man's fall. And as Christians, we should do everything we can. We're going to fail or make mistakes. Make them on the side of generosity and grace. Because that's the Lord we worship. And so Thanksgiving, how it helps me not to be quite so selfish is when we recognize everything we have is truly a gift. We can live lives of true freedom in which we too reveal God's glory because we become little givers reflecting the grace and love of the eternal. Thanks be to God. And might God help us all. Amen.